0: Uh, and then bigger rivalry will go Cortica or Glothersville Hills versus <laughs> Gloversville Johnstown. That was easy. That was easy. What
1: was the question? I know I heard Cortica. What was it?
0: I was gonna say Burnt Hills versus Queensbury. I didn't even think no, the Johnstown... Johnstown. Not even close.
1: Really? Yeah, you don't like purple and gold if you wear blue <laughs> and white.
2: Remember this: if you want to go quickly, do it alone. But if you want to go far, you do it together. We're like roaches, and you can kill
0: us. It's all just mental. You know, it's, it's those little things that you create that chip on your shoulder, and you create that vision in your head that nobody's going to work harder than you. And then you go out there and you prove
2: it. Part of the reason why offensive linemen. Uh, for, we're we're kind of sick and twisted people, but we have this like mushroom society, this club.
0: Let's go!
3: Charges on three! One, two, three, charges!
0: That's impressive that you've got some really motivated kids that have really bought in to still come into those workouts with kind of all the uncertainty that's going on right now.
1: Yeah, no, it's. um <clears throat> Our community is great. We have a real supportive community athletically, and, uh, um, and the kids really, uh, this group of kids especially, is. Uh, is a, is a fun group to be around. Um, you know, they, uh, they, they work hard and, uh, makes it, makes it fun to coach when the, the kids are motivated and the, and, you know, that work ethic is there. It makes it, uh, makes it enjoyable to be around them for sure. And they're just, they're just quiet type of kid, you know, they're not going to come in and yell and scream and, you know, let them, you know, they kind of let their play speak for itself. So, and again, it's a young team. So they, you know, they also know they have things to prove as well.
3: A hundred percent. I mean, <clears throat> I can only imagine sitting behind a computer screen, especially being a, a freshman um, on the team, being a younger guy, everybody's scared to talk up in person when you're at your yeah. house, looking at each other. I can't imagine breaking the ice, trying to find your footing going from eighth grade to freshman year of high school. It's you're, you're just trying to find your path. Um,
1: yeah, so, it's, it's hard. It's, I know that, <clears throat> I know it's a big challenge for the classroom teachers. Um, yeah you know, being on on Zoom meets. And, you know, when they're at home, the home things kind of take over sometimes. Some of these kids are at home with a little brother or a little sister and mom and dad are working. So they're in the middle of class and then their brother or sister needs something. So um, it's a game changer, uh, the online learning um, for sure. So um, I just personally want to try to get the kids in person as much as I can. Um, and most of these kids have been in our program for a while now and they know all the basics that we want to try to do. Um, but when they get to that varsity level, they also know that there's some things that they're going to do at the varsity level that they haven't done at the freshman JV level. And, uh, you know, so they make it a point to, to pay attention and they make it a point to show up and, you know, they just, a, they're a fun group. They really are. And uh, it's uh, it's a lot easier to teach and coach when kids are motivated
3: for sure. Yeah, I mean, kind of riding off that obviously, um, I'm not sure if you're aware or not, but in the past we've had a few teacher coaches um, on the show so far. We're big into it. I mean, two out of the three of us have teaching coaching backgrounds. Um, That's what we went to school for, for the most part. Mm -hmm. Uh, On your end, obviously things are a little different now with COVID, but can you just kind of explain to us the overlap between teaching phys ed in particular and kind of teaching out on the field and kind of the, the mesh and how those two coincide together.
1: Well we uh <clears throat> you know for, from a phys ed standpoint um it's it's tough we're very limited to what we can do in person. It's it's which is weird because we can go out on the field and throw a ball but when we're in class they can't can't share a ball, they can't share anything. So we're, it's, it's weird how the, the restrictions kind of apply in one area and don't apply in the other area. So that's actually good <laughs> for, for us as coaches. Um, PE wise, um, it's, it's a challenge, but we're able to actually, I think we're doing more at our school than a lot of schools are doing phys ed wise. Um, and you know, I have a lot of my football kids are um, in person. Um, you know, they, so they so they're in school for a couple of days, in their home for a couple of days. So I, when I see them, you know, they're you know, we'll talk. I'll ask them a couple of questions, just to kind of refresh their memory about things. And um, we don't do it. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, there's a lot of coaches who do things a lot differently. I don't know. I don't know that I'm uh, the type of coach that sometimes for, for us less is more. And uh, I'm not big into having kids have to watch three hours of film if we can do it in 45 minutes and get the point across and I know three is an exaggeration but I know there are coaches that spend a lot of time and film is important but these are high school kids and they're juggling all their classes they might be juggling a job they might be juggling things at home and you know we have to try to pick and choose and take advantage of the time we have and just be smart about the time we have with them. And like right now, my, my, uh, our workouts, we're doing an hour, um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, one hour each day. And we do the lineman one day, then we bring our skill kids in another day. And then, on I just got done with the workout just now and just got home. Um, our third workout is with the team. So we just kind of a whole part, whole method introduce it. And then we just, Break it down, small groups, and then we bring them together as a team. And our, you know, our numbers are good. Again, they're not the best right now, just because you know there's kids that have some conflicts and some things like that, and those are the things we have to work around. Um, but it's been working. We've been getting a lot of good uh, repetitions in, a lot of good learning. So I think it's uh, for us. It's been successful. I don't know if I answered that question. Um, kind of went off on a tangent a little bit, but um, it's uh, I think. The the COVID piece is a challenge, but I think in a lot of ways it's made us better coaches because we've had to really maybe rethink and take a look at what you've done in the past, and you have to change it. And uh, I think it's made you. I think it makes us better coaches at, at the end of the day, because there are a lot of things you have to do differently, and it doesn't make you think. It makes you evaluate everything that you've done over the years and um, keep what you like, change, uh, adapt, and has made everybody a little bit better
3: yeah and I I feel like um maybe it's a blessing in disguise in some parts I mean obviously it's a terrible thing that's been happening um in the recent year plus now but from what I was gathering there it kind of just sounds like you learned how to be more efficient after years and years of coaching I mean you're saying you're able to cut down workouts and able to rethink Mm -hmm. things on your feet and it's I mean, it just goes to show you as a teacher and a developer, you can't kind of be stuck in your ways. And I I, I mean, I all the props to you for being able to change things up, switch it up, and then take it as a, a blessing and be more efficient with your workouts and times with your guys, right?
1: Yeah, no, the, the answer's right in front of you. The <clears throat> answers are there. You just have to be willing to, to look for the answers. And uh, some, some, some people aren't willing to look for the answers because what they've done has always worked. Now, we've been – and that was – that was that was me. <laughs> For 18, 19 years as head coach, we've won a lot of football games, like a lot. And we've had championship teams and and you're like, well, why yeah, it should work. It always works. But you know, <laughs> sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> and uh, you know, I've I've rethought my whole offensive, I'm still a wing T person. I've rethought the whole way to run it. And not that it it's new. It was always out there i just had to be willing enough to go look for it and pick and choose what i thought was going to work for our kids and um i think i've done that i don't know um the kids seem to like it you know we've uh like the wing t is such a play-dependent offense like you can have whatever however many plays you want you can have in the wing t because there's a counter to this and there's this you know and there's so many different things you, and you can just be Average at a lot of things, and I think at times we got to that point where we were average at some things that we had to really change and figure out what it is we want to be good at again and. <clears throat> start over so and we've kind of done that a little bit and uh, we're spreading things out more. Um, and but still keeping the same philosophy still keeping the same rules nothing's really changing for the kids, but the appearance. Is a little different, but it definitely uh, has helped to to do some different things to kind of inject a little bit of a new life into the offense and just a different way of thinking as well.
2: What you're talking about right now is just you're in a situation where you're facing a little bit of adversity, and you know, good educators, good coaches, you know, I think the best thing that they do is they find a way to you know get the most out of their their student athletes.
1: Oh, exactly. And, you know, every kid is, every kid's good at something. He's got to find out what that something is and to tell, to, to give up and say, a kid, well, we just can't do that because he can't do it. Well, then find out what he can do and do it. And because every kid has a strength and every kid has weaknesses and you just, obviously you play on their strengths and develop their weaknesses. And, you know, so there's things we can do. And, you know, I was always thought like this RPO craziness is going on now. And I'm always like, you know what, well, we just can't do that. And I've literally, I never really took the time to really study it more. So some of the things I did this year because I had the time <laughs> to do it, really spent time to teach myself and learn about the uh, RPO world. And we've introduced it to the offense now. And we've literally cut down the amount of plays because of the, that simple peace and just having the confidence in the kids that they can do it. And you're like, oh no, our quarterback can never do it. He's a wing-tee quarterback. Well, teach him the skill, wrap him up, and he'll be able to do it. And we've worked on it a ton. And, you know, it allows us to probably take away three or four different schemes that we would run normally to protect that one play. And we're still able to run, our, you know, our, my, I'm a Buck Street person. That's my favorite play. And, uh, <clears throat> teams would just load up the box and they were pretty much game plan to stop one play. And we would, you know, a lot of times we'd have tough time running the play because it just wasn't able to take care of everybody that they were committing to the play defensively. That is so, you know, by the addition of just a basic little RPO, a little slant and teaching the quarterback how to, what the read is. And then once he does it once and gets the confidence to throw it, Sometimes you almost have to say, hey, remember, we <laughs> want to run the ball first. <laughs> but um it just protects the play. So now all of a sudden, all these little blocking scheme adjustments you were trying to make, they almost are erased because of us having the confidence to try something just a little bit different than what we normally have done. And having the confidence in the kids that they can execute the play and the the way the way you want it done. And uh, you know, so that's made me a better coach To um, in the past. We never had to really do that um, as much. And now I'm willing to try it more. And uh, you know, it's, and that's what makes the game so fun because it's, I mean, the sky's the limit with what you can do. And again, you just have to be able to be willing to try. And I think a lot of times the coaches like you get stuck in a certain way. And when you, uh, decide you know there's answers out there you gotta find them and when you have the confidence to try them you know a lot of things, a lot of times things work out the, for the better so it's been a good thing
2: yeah absolutely i think i think a lot of times you know some maybe it's inexperienced coaches or you know they get kind of stuck on either the system that they run or you know a, a certain you know, this is their playbook and they're going to stick to it and sometimes it's a matter of hey, you gotta adjust to the personnel that you got you know you got to coach the bodies that you do have, not not the ones that you wish you had. So right, exactly. And can totally understand where you're coming from in that.
1: No, and we've had kids, and we've had kids where we could just do, you know, not whatever, but you know, this is our plan. This is what we're gonna. This is what we're gonna do. And these, and you have a running back that could break the tackle, it's a touchdown. Or, I mean, we've had one team. We had three one thousand yard runners in the backfield. So we had a quarterback and two backs. Um, You look pretty good as a coach (laughs) when you have kids that, that can do that. You know, we had uh, a
2: pretty easy to, to to kind of move things around when you got that
1: (laughs) one year, we had a quarterback who was a state player of the year and uh, he could literally choice from the line of scrimmage. He knew, he knew the offense. He knew what we wanted to run and I would just check with me. And that's, that was to be the other call. I get in the formation and check with you and we would meet and do it early in the week and say, this is what we wanna do out of these formations. And next thing you know, I'm he's calling the whole game just about. I mean, that's that's awesome. <laughs> and if you can get to a point like that, and then we've had quarterbacks that can just say, hey, uh, either or, are you gonna either run this or, or run that? But they were smart enough to be able to do that. And then you get kids that are new to the position or young And you gotta do it all over again. And then some years you have more, you know, you're more maybe predominant in the backfield and the quarterback might not be as strong at those skills, but he can manage the game more and get the ball handed off and run, you know, waggles and keep passes. And so you have to be more vanilla because you have these kids in the backfield that can just hit home runs. And then we've had, you know, a year where it was a grind to do all of it, and it's not anybody's fault. Just that's kind of what the deal was. So you have to try to you try to manufacture ways to to move the ball, and then you're not good at anything, and then your whole identity is gone. Because I was always, hey, we're going to be a buck sweep person, and then we're going to everything off a of buck sweep, and we're going to be an, we're going to run jet sweep because it's we have the speed to do it. Um, we're in, you know the fullback has to be you know and and the, the, the wing to the fullback is the guy. And when you have a great fullback, everybody else around him becomes better. Um, and when you have a, a dominant fullback, in which we've had, we've had a bunch of years where our fullback was, or you know, was a really dominant player, and everybody else around him was really good. Um, and it's the old adage: you want to be strong up the middle. So if you have a strong quarterback, you have a strong fullback, strong middle of the line, you're gonna be okay. And it's, uh, you know, it's like any other sport, you know, you going to be strong up the middle, just like you are you know, in baseball, middle infield, through, through the outfield. And if you can have, you know, those kids, but, you know, sometimes you don't have those kids and then you you got to find out who you are, what your identity are going to be. And so it's, it's a, that's why the game is so great, because it makes you think. And like you were saying earlier, you can't be just stuck. You have to be willing to, uh, to find what kids are good at and, put them in the best position to, to compete and to win
2: absolutely and of course i mean to our knowledge you were a you were a three sport athlete in high school obviously you're a college allegedly athlete. allegedly allegedly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> allegedly.
1: Yep. A long uh, time ago though man that's a long time ago <laughs> I, don't if, I don't even know if they were even considered sports back then the way they are now right <laughs> back
3: in like 2018
1: 2017 okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah no i did i was i was a three sport guy
2: yeah. and and but you
1: to don't kind of,
2: find it. there's not as many three sport kids anymore sure yeah and to, i mean you've kind of already alluded to it already but i'm sure that you know uh you as a, as a coach and and knowing your experience as a high school athlete um do you look do you try and encourage that out of kids in at your school and you know to try and be multi-sport you know do play different sports you know because you know the more things you can do the more athletic you mm-hmm. become more you know more of an asset you are in, hopefully, uh, you know, as you kind of narrow it down to maybe a sport that you pursue, uh, pursue at the next level?
1: Yeah, no, I, I'm i a proponent of multi-sport athletes. Our program is better when kids, my kids are playing other sports. Like right now, we have um, a, a, a lot of lacrosse kids playing football. I've got three division one lacrosse players on the football team. Now, they're good athletes, so they're a division one athlete I've got a, a kid going to Towson, uh, a kid going to UAlbany, a kid going to Canisius, that's all division one lacrosse and they're two of them are coming back as seniors, the two of them are juniors, one's a senior and so they're legit athletes and you know, only makes the football team better. Um, so the more kids that can play other sports and I'm all for it. So if in the summer, if we have a workout and the kid, hey coach, I got, I got this people lacrosse tournament, I've got to go to go (laughs) because i think the more time the more opportunities kids can compete the better off they're going to be if they're just a one sport athlete they're competing for what two months out of the year three months out of the year um if they're a three sport athlete they can literally compete around you know around the clock around the you know the entire maybe 10 months out of the year they're going to compete so i think that's what gets lost in all this a lot of times is uh kid's ability to compete and how to compete and you get stuck playing, just playing football or just playing basketball, I think you kind of, you'll lose that edge sometimes. And, uh, but I think just the more kids can play and, and be around different people too, be around different coaches, good, bad or whatever. I mean, every coach has good and bad qualities. And every, you're gonna learn something from every coach. You're gonna learn positive things from every coach. You're gonna learn some negative things from every coach. I'd like to think everything I teach and everything I do is a positive for every kid. But there are kids along the way that probably didn't like how I handled a certain situation or how I handled them. I know that. That's just the nature of the, of the beast. When you're in the people business, you're not gonna make everybody happy all the time. But if these kids can get on other coaches, they're gonna learn a lot. And they're going to learn. Everything can carry over to. I think everything carries over to football. I think every sport you play makes you a better football player. But I don't. I don't think there's a sport that doesn't make you a better football player. But not football doesn't necessarily make you a better basketball player. But basketball makes a kid a better football player because you can decision maker, like a point guard. You know, just all these sports can carry over to football because every aspect of football. I think if you take a football team you can take a pick another sport and you can maybe make a comparison between a position on the football field and this, that other sport like, you know, the, the catcher in baseball or the pitcher in baseball, you could could be the type of the quarterback, you know, the the running back can be an attackman in lacrosse. So I think there's so much carryover that these other sports bring that allows a football kid to be a really good player. So and I think your best player is probably are a multi-sport athlete. The best football kids are probably playing more than one sport. I don't think there's many kids that are just playing football only. I'll bet you every football kid probably plays another sport. And you can learn a lot from it. So I think it's uh, we've been protected that way, which is a good thing.
0: You can learn so much from football. I I'm 100% an example of that the life lessons I've learned and uh, kind of just to go back, you know, we're amazed by your journey and your message as a coach and also as a person and uh. We're reading up on your foundation, uh, the Shell Strong Foundation, and how does that mission statement carry into the rest of your life and maybe your coaching?
1: Um, It's, well, I guess you know the story with my son being sick and then, well, initially started with me being sick, um, but then when my son got sick, that was the game changer. Um, And during all that time, that was still coaching. And, uh, you know, just, I think the message to the kids that I was coaching, and it still is the message to the kids now, um, but it really wasn't the message that I was always getting across to the kids because it didn't, I didn't really have that life changing moment until this happened was bad things are going to happen. The bad thing, that's just the way it happened. This is the deal. Bad things are going to happen. And it's how you handle these bad times and this adversity is how you're you know, going to be as a person. And the bad times can't, should not define who you are as a person. Um, and everybody has and goes through tough circumstances, whether it's a sickness or a divorce or anything like that. So um, the message to the kids always is you know, confide in your teammates. You know, you want to trust they're there to lean on, they're there to help you out. And um, you know, when you have tough times, again, your teammates are there for you. And I think these kids, they get it, and the kids understand. Like they get it. They they know a lot more than you. You try to lead on, and as coaches, sometimes you try to protect them from from certain things. But I, I don't do that anymore. I you know, I'm real open, and I'll tell them. Look, you know, bad things are going to happen, and I I tell them my story, and I they know it. Um, you know, like we were a lot of times they just want to know what's going on. Like they just want to understand that you're okay. You And when you open up like that, they'll run through walls for you. <laughs> and we were getting ready to play our sectional championship game that year that my son was sick and we were playing Troy High School who was year in and year out, one of the best schools in our area and, one of the better schools in the state. So we're playing them in the finals and we were practicing. I came home back and forth from Boston to, my son was in Boston at the time going through treatments. And I came back and forth at the end of the week and I would practice one day with the, our kids and then we play the next day. So I would get, you know, not much time with them as far as the, the football kids. So we were playing, the, there was a pregame and uh, awful practice. And again, I hadn't been there all week and we were playing the national Championship Saturday night, it was a Friday afternoon, we were practicing going through our, the pregame and the kids were just kind of, you know, fog. So I, you know, brought them in and I'm like, all right, you know, let's make a game tomorrow. We can't, you know, all the stuff that coaches say when kids aren't doing what they want them to do. And I was like, anybody have any questions? And uh, kid raised his hand and he's like, yeah, how's, how's Jacob doing? Like, that's like, that's all they wanted to know how he was doing like they couldn't they didn't really have a care in the world other than how he was doing so I told him and uh it was literally like a different team 30 seconds after I got done talking to them about how he was feeling and how he was doing going through his treatments and that's all these kids need to know is being honest and upfront and people are there to help you people have your back and you can always always rely on a teammate to get you through a tough time and uh, I think that uh, that's kind of the message I get through these kids, and try to get to them. Um, and uh, I think, for the most part, they uh, they agree, they listen, and they uh, they're on board with that. Um, you know, there's times, and you know, and our program's been through a lot of tough stuff. <laughs> we had a player pass away a couple of years ago in a car accident. We had another one of my coaches' wives passed away two years ago. Um, so we've been through a little adversity ourselves, our program. Um, quite a bit, maybe a lot more than maybe some other programs. I'm not saying, um, I'm saying from a football standpoint, like actual hit home to the football team, you know, everybody's has situations with maybe outlier situations, but stuff that was real specific to our football team. It's been, uh, quite a, (laughs) quite an experience for some of these kids.
3: I mean, everything, everything you just said, it was it was, I can speak for the three of us. It was incredible to hear. I mean, we all played high school football and I'm sure none of us could really understand some of the things that you've gone through, your team's gone through. Um, But at least at the collegiate level, one of the things that we always preached and we were taught was the idea of brotherhood. And that's a, that's a common term in the world of football and uh, team athletics, especially obviously for males. Um, And I just, I guess I'm more so curious kind of how you could develop this trust, um, through real life scenarios and things that you maybe not be able to account for. Obviously coaches, you predict, you, you plan for the preseason difficulties you plan for trials and tribulations, you get on your players and things like that. Um, and I guess I'm more so impressed kind of how you've been able to show your, um, ability to deal with adversity and challenges and, I'm I'm curious to understand um, if that's kind of reciprocated with your players, if you truly feel like they've kind of bought into that family model because of it. Um, and if it's become more of a, a true meaning than in other times than the superficial term of family that sometimes gets put on a team sports. You
1: yeah, know, I, I think it's um I think, well, I think it's two things that, uh, you know, just being honest with them and communicating with them, you know, and, if you, if you have those two pieces, I think that's uh, that's that's a big step in the right direction because you're right, it's not a lot of times you can just throw these words around these terms around you know the brotherhood. and it doesn't mean much. But if you're honest with the kids and can com- communicate and you and you're teaching it every day, talking about it every day, I think it's uh, it, it definitely starts to kind of take on a life of its own, and these kids start to believe that, hey, yeah, this is a great place I can come, I can learn a lot about life on this game because I'm relying on the guy next to me and the guy behind me to to help me out here. Um, and it's the great thing about football is, you know, if everyone's not doing their job the right way, you know, you're, you're gonna have a hard time having success. And if they trust, and if you can be honest with them and they trust you, I think it only is gonna enhance the, uh, their experience on the team, and it's gonna only enhance the team's success on the field. So, um, and again, it's not anything magic. I just, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, uh, I'll be honest. If they wanna know, I'll tell them. Like, they wanna know what's going on. um, And what was it like when your kid was sick? (laughs) Um, I'll tell them, I mean, it's it's not a secret. I don't like to go, out and it's not my thing, I go and tell her, you know, but certain kids want to know things <clears throat> and certain kids are dealing with things. And then they'll ask me what was, you know, about my experiences. And when I tell them, it kind of helps them. Um, I've had that a few times. I've had um, one of the boys and he's a one of our quarterback His actually his brother's on my team now. Um, but his mom, it's it's the coach whose wife passed away, so their kids they were they were in the program at the time. The kids were the the son was the quarterback of the team, and he would talk to me, you know, just one on one. Dad wasn't there because he knew my experiences that I went through, and it was just more of a it wasn't like a lesson I was teaching him. I was just having a conversation, and it just kind of helps him a little bit, and that's all we're here for. We're not gonna change the world, but if we can help kids, help them succeed, help them advance, help them become a young adult. then I think, you know, we're doing a good job. (laughs) That's for sure. And that's the the fun thing about the coaching is the the field, the competitiveness, that whole piece is awesome. But when you can take a kid and help them through a tough time and teach them a little bit about, you know, what their life is gonna be like. And, you know, I think you're kind of, that's what makes the, the coaching profession so much fun. And not just, not just football, all the sports. I mean, you can do it it, it, it goes in every sport because it's uh, you get to really know the kids in these sports more so than in the classroom a lot of the times. You get a lot closer to the kids on the field than you do in the classroom. And that's another benefit of being a coach. You really get to know the kids and that's pretty fun. And that's pretty special. That's another special, that's probably the most special thing about coaching is the relationship you can have with the kids that you really can't get from
0: the classroom. I feel like you really do do a great job getting to know your players both on and off the field. And in terms of on the field, we talked about it earlier, that versatility of the wing T, how you can go under center, you can go out of gun and use a lot of pre-snap motion and incorporate uh, maybe some option football or more quarterback run. What do you typically look for in your teams when you're deciding how you're gonna run your offense for a certain season?
1: Um, <clears throat> You know, like like a lot of coaches, obviously athleticism is gonna be a a big determinant on what you're gonna be able to do. And um, I would love to have that dual threat quarterback. We don't always have that. Um, This year we do, he's a good runner, a good thrower. Um, So I think, you know, you you play to your strengths. we always look for like if we're looking at guards we want our guards to be guard our offense is going to run and move a lot and kids like to be a guard <laughs> for whatever reason these linemen i'm gonna be a guard okay um but you know our linemen we want our guards athletic um because they're going to pull a lot and get out out in space and um but as far as you know if we get limited to what we can do then you know like this year we're not going for example we have enough depth we can have a left half back and a right half back in past years we've only had one half back so he's always had to flip so when we change formations he's always the half back no matter what this year we're going to be able to have enough depth and where we can have a left half and a right half and that cuts our the amount of plays we're going to run down because we can run the left half and the right half can run the same amount of plays Um, In past years, it was, okay, he's really the only halfback that we have, so he's got to learn everything. So we end up having to introduce more plays because we got to find a little ways to get the halfback the ball. Now we have two halfbacks and we can cut the plays down because we can, you know, they can both get the ball and we can spread it around and be a little bit more balanced. And ideally, I'd like to be balanced, and it doesn't mean we might run the ball seventy percent of the time, but the balance comes when you're able to get your fullback eight to ten carries, and you know the, the left half and right half have a, you know everyone has you know six, seven, eight, nine carries. And so ideally, it's to get balance in the offense. Um, and if we can't get the balance in the offense, then we're going to have to do do some other things to get some balance in the offense. Um, so, so it might be throwing the ball a bit more um so it's uh as far as looking at what we want to try to do um as far as how we want to implement and present the offense to the kids is really dependent upon how much depth we think we have for those for those positions and like i said if we can get the depth then we don't have to be as play dependent and you know, we can
0: I think something I've also noticed is um, your ability to move around formation, such as something as simple as plusing or minusing a fullback on jet, or maybe moving alignment over and you're just beating teams by alignment. A lot of times, and they won't shift and adjust to your formations.
1: I'm a big, pretty snap movement guy. I like, uh, I like shifting back to the last second, um, cause you can outflank teams. I love plussing a plus a plus and minus for us. It just moves the fullback over the tackle. Um, I like to empty out the backfield and take the full like, you know, being a, take the fullback instead of being behind the quarterback, he's now in the slot and we have five wideouts in the most part, but they're all running backs. So we can really stress the field. We've, and we've done all kinds of stuff. (laughs) We've uh, bumped linemen over and just had a center and a tackle on one side and we take the guards, and then we have everybody else on the other side. So we have like, so it's like center guard to the left side or the left guard in the center. And then it's everybody else on the line going the other way, We run and we run jet sweep to that.
0: Mm-hmm. And then I think even just the willingness to do it in big games, like uh, that one quarterback trap you ran for yeah. uh, a score in a championship game, I believe, you know, a lot of coaches wouldn't really be willing to do that.
1: Um. Yeah, no, we've, uh, I've drawn up a lot of plays on the sideline. Don't uh, for sure. Um, but that was a spin. We call it spin trap. We fake jet sweep and the quarterback just spins around and ducks underneath all of it. And their linebacker was literally running right by him as he went into the end zone. Um, and that was, a, that was a huge play. Um, we've, we've won games. We won a sectional championship drawn a play on the, on the sideline on a third down. We had to call timeout. There was 40 seconds left in the game. And, uh, We've uh, drawn up plays on the sideline, but you have to have kids that can do it. I mean, that team won a state championship. Um, that's a kid that you know. You're saying, "Hey, this is what I want you to do. You're going to do this instead of running your normal route. I want you to do this," and he just said, "Okay, I got you, coach." And next thing you know, he runs it. Probably you couldn't draw it up any better. Like he just was the type of kid that you could say that to. And he knew exactly what you were saying. Um, and a lot of it is being around the kids. And when you're in practice and just messing around, and you kind of get a feel for how these kids learn, and you know, you, you, you try to you try a play and all of a sudden, okay. Now hey, I want you to try this. And you may never run that play ever again, but you just but you get an idea of what these kids can actually learn and you know, and how they learn, and you can, you know, so that's why you know it's important to um challenge the kids a bit and and when you have the right kid you know you can do that and he was the type of kids you could do that with so um yeah it's, it's it's uh it's interesting some of these things aren't uh always done exactly how you want them you know you're like oh how, you guys must have dominated huh no we really didn't <laughs> we caught a couple of breaks and, <laughs> and these kids step up and make plays and it's you know not always the scheme that does it so you have to have the kids and the you know and the willingness to, again, just the willingness to, to to put them in spots, and hey, if you don't try it, you know, you never have a chance to be successful if you don't give it a shot. So,
2: yeah, absolutely, and it kind of speaks to the the beauty of the the mid game adjustment. You know, it kind of speaks to, it, it's kind of the difference maker sometimes, especially the higher up you get in levels where coaching matters. You know, and especially at the high school level where good coaching matters, and the you know, a halftime adjustment could be the difference maker between, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, losing a close one and and you know, beating a rival or beating, you know, winning a playoff game. Um and it, it's it's it, it just kind of speaks to the, the you know what we were talking about earlier, how you know, coaching and teaching that that's all part of the part of the gig.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's uh it's you know it's just nice to the 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 beauty of the game is aside from getting these kids to compete is that mental aspect of it. And as a coach, it's fun to try different, you know, again, like different in-game in adjustments. That's what makes the game. I think just a, a tremendous, a tremendous game because it's, uh, you know, it's one thing to, to run the play, you know, in practice against a scout team. And all of a sudden you're going up against guys that are not a scout team and you have to make adjustments and you have to have, the confidence in your kids to make the adjustments. And, um, and I think, again, those relationships are huge, just developing those off the field relationships with the kids allows, a lot of times allows those adjustments to work seamlessly in games because that trust factors there, you know, how to talk to the kid. And that's, that's why it's so important for these for coaches to get to know kids, and get to know their, get to know their players. And, you know, I've, and we've all been around it. We've, there's some kids that are are a challenge and tough, um, but you got to find a way to get to them because they're going to be the guy out there on a Friday or a Saturday that you're going to have to rely on, and you have to find ways to uh, to reach that person. And sometimes it's sometimes it's hard, and it has to be a two way street. The kid has to trust you. You have to trust the kid. And um, if it's not there, you know those in game adjustments, those little things are you know are real real difficult to accomplish. And and that's why the uh, the, off the field stuff is important with them. And it's the weight room. It's the the summer conditioning. It's when I'm at practice. I'm not a big yeller, screamer. I'm just not. Never have been. Now I lose. There are times, and the kids know it. Um, I've had a few of those kind of out of body experiences. But uh, if I'm not on the practice field, and if I can't make the kids laugh, I want. You know, we're going to work, but we're going to have fun. And I'll say. I got a lot of dumb sayings <laughs> and a lot of the times they just come out in the middle of something. And a lot of them, it's a lot of them are, uh, rock and roll references. You know, you get someone says something and it sparks a song in your head and the next thing you know, you're, Hey, you ever, you ever hear Led Zeppelin before, you know, and you know, just and they're Like, they just look at you like cross-eyed, like, what are you talking about? But it's stuff like that to make the kids on the field laugh and it, it makes that's what makes it fun. And you have to have fun out there. And I'm as competitive as anybody, and I want to win. I never want to lose. That's not realistic, I know. But the kids know that you know, losing isn't what we're here for. We're not here to lose. We're here to win. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to win. And there's nothing wrong with doing it the right way. And but we're gonna have fun doing it. But they know, they know they're expected to win, and they know that losing, we're not gonna to tolerate it. We're just gonna learn from it and get better. Um, so. They get all the messages. Sometimes they get them a little differently. <laughs> sometimes they're uh, presented to them a little different than them what they'd like, but then they just kind of look at you a little funny sometimes, but that's what makes it a great, a great way. <laughs> it's a great game. It's fun. have a good time with it.
0: Winning a state championship, being there four times, you know, five straight section championships you have to get really good at that play so kind of what drills and techniques do you work with your alignment on for your buck sweep
1: we um we'll do a drill with just the centers and the guards um and we've adapted and developed it over the years and it's no different than probably a lot of teams running different drills but um i've seen other things that are pretty neat i'd like to get these they're like these big giant hurdles where you can kind of Get guards to actually go through the hurdle and um, you know get the kick, get the get the lead on the play. But we don't have those types of things, so we just um, we'll just get out on the on the field and we just have a buff drill. So I have uh, the fullback runs his path, the halfback runs his path, the guards do their deal. Um and we put cones out where we want where we want them to go. So they're hitting the cones. And I always have a second ball, and I'll incorporate the tight end because off that is the waggle. So the quarterback will hand the ball off to the sweep and then he'll boot away. And there's always someone there with a ball in his handle. The quarterback will come out, grab the ball from the person holding the ball, and the tight end runs the drag. And we'll so we're either we handing the ball off on a on a sweep and then the quarterback boots away and we give him a ball and he'll throw the drag. So we try to hit, you know, two things at once. Or sometimes instead of the tight end, we'll have the fullback run his arrow path because he's usually a waggle, the fullbacks in the flat. So we try to incorporate drills like that where there's a lot of, uh, you know, trying to get a lot of return on investment, so to speak. So it's not just the guy running the sweep and the quarterback just hand the ball off. So after the quarterback, and it teaches the quarterback out during the game after he hands the ball off just to boot because um, his drill is lot ma- is making him boot when he's actually throwing the ball. So, and it, it, again, it works on our pass game a little bit because off of the buck sweep is the waggle. Um, and you obviously if you're going to be good at the buck sweep, you have to be able to you know, run the play action passes off of it. and. Uh, you know so that's that's one that's one of the things we do the other the other drill we run is and it's nothing fancy it's a mirror drill so we'll have two quarterbacks face each other the backs are lined up in their backfield set facing each other so if we're running buck sweep to the right both groups are running buck sweep to the right at the same time so we have two groups going at once and it just kind of continues to go from there so if we run in belly so you're, you know, we just call it mirror drill. So both groups are facing each other and you're running the same play. So we can get a lot of reps that way. Um, and those are our two main drills that we do. And once the kids get the plays down, we'll just tell them, okay, mirror drill. And we'll just go through for 10 minutes on air and we'll just go through all of our plays. Um, and I think that's been a, a good drill just because we can get a lot of repetitions at it. And then we do that, like I said, we do the sweep drill and we can get a lot of repetitions with that as well. Um, it's just try to maximize the time that you have. And again, we incorporate the pass with the run so that it's kind of keeping everything smooth, keeping everybody doing their job. And um, you know, and we do a lot of different things. We'll do sucker poles, you know, or we might run, I don't know, jet sweep and we we'll run run both the guards the other way. So if linebackers are reading the guards, they're gonna be in the wrong, they're gonna go the wrong way. Um we run waggle sucker. You know, pull the guards like like a buck sweep and then we boot the quarterback out the other way. So if the backers are reading the guards, you know, so we do drills like that too. So we'll have the guards we will say, hey, we're gonna run sucker now. And so they're just, and it's just all you need is the guards. You don't need anybody else because it doesn't affect anybody else. So, you know, we try to incorporate things like that or we can hit those quick one word tags, so to speak and get a lot of stuff done in a short amount of time.
0: Yeah, you really do maximize your time because you're incorporating different plays into one drill. And also to go off that buck sweep drill, you know, it's emphasizing that fake for that quarterback because one thing on that buck sweep is when he makes that handoff, you got to continue to sell that fake. It makes everyone else's job so much easy. And I can really see that you're emphasizing, you know, all those little things that make the wing tee so effective.
1: Yeah. And it's, again, it's all, it's, it's deception. And if you have a kid that's, not willing to you know do all the little things that it takes, then the offense isn't as effective as it should be. Because all it takes is a if you're doing all the fakes the proper way, if that linebacker or whoever the run defender is just hesitates for a second. Plays over, you know, but if you're not, and if your quarterback on the handoff just stands there and watches the running back run, then, you know, and that's again like it's any it's like any offense. So when we do the drill, we make them, we will make the quarterback throw a ball because he has to go grab the ball from the back. actually the backup quarterback holds the ball out you know where, the, where he would boot to. and the quarterback has to run and go get it and then when he gets it, he's throwing it. so he's going to work on a throw mechanics, but it makes him it makes him finish the play. And the more drills we can incorporate where it's making the kids finish the play, you know it's only going to make the offense better because he's just developing good habits. So. Coach Sarah Sulo and I coached for a year together. And uh really yeah. We coached at Lebanon Valley College in Pennsylvania. He probably he probably chooses to forget that year, but it's a it's a year that I'll never forget. It was uh it's where I first met him and uh we worked together. Uh he was the offensive coordinator, I was quarterback receivers coach, and uh I'm a Cortland guy, so he spent his year uh at Cortland. That's how we got to Lebanon Valley together. He, uh, he worked for Dave Murray, um, who's now the Hamilton college coach. But when he got the head job at Lebanon Valley, coach Sarah Sulo went with him from Cortland to Lebanon Valley. And then I got hired. I was teaching in high school. I got hired to be the assistant. And that's how I first met coach Sarah Sulo. So we spent a good, a good year together, <laughs> elbow to elbow in the, in the office doing a, doing some football. So I learned a lot from him. he's a he's a great man.
0: So uh I have some connections with Coach C. You must have reminded him of your game winning touchdown against Springfield
1: though. Uh I don't think I did, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> that's all right. That's that's uh that's ancient those are ancient times, but I guess yes it did happen for sure. <laughs> but probably wouldn't have happened if there was uh wasn't eight inches of snow on the ground that day though. So Springfield came into town with that great wishbone. Uh, attack and all of a sudden there's eight inches of snow on the ground and uh it was pretty tough to, to move the ball that day so that's why it was a seven to three game i remember the score so they, they kicked the field goal to take the lead and it, that was that we, we threw a touchdown pass i don't know fourth quarter and that was the scoring and eight inches of snow so uh that was an interesting day
3: <laughs> yeah things things a little different upstate than they are down in the valley of springfield but
1: I always uh, trust an
3: upstate that guy to make
0: a catch in the snow. Yeah, that's that's right. that's right.
1: We had some, we had uh, some practice doing that for sure.
0: <laughs> All right. So on offense, you can only run three plays a whole game. What three plays would you run?
1: Sweep buck sweep guard trap waggle. The buck series. <laughs> Fullback trap is one of the toughest plays to defend. So I would go buck sweep, guard trap, waggle.
2: Awesome. Uh, your time as a as a receiver, obviously, is is uh is there you know like a favorite route that you always used to run, or maybe you've kind of incorporated something uh into your own offense uh, right now as a coach. Is there something that sticks out?
1: As a receiver, my favorite pattern to run was a dig, 15-yard All right. dig. And Courtland terminology that was a six ball um right now the, my favorite i'm learning to love the shallow shallow cross okay. okay um but prior to that would probably be slip screen for a high school receiver cuz i think it's just a if you can get that blocked up it's a tough play to,
2: to are, stop. are you trying to are you, are you a, like trying to you know just get Get the ball, get your get your athlete the ball in space and just try and, you know, let them let them make guys miss.
1: Yep. We have a ton of speed. I've got a lot of speed this year. Like more speed than we've ever had. I mean, I don't have many speed, like kids. We've got kids in the four or five range. Wow. Almost like four, five, four, six. We've got yep.
2: that's moving. I think we yeah, have that's all right. <laughs> we have
1: ten kids. We have ten kids that are under five oh in the forty. We have we have a lot of fast kids. Um the two track kids are probably like low four sixes. They might they're fast. Sure. It's you know, and again, that's why the jet sweeps are big this year. And uh and like the shallows and some swing routes and some things like that, just to get that, just to get them out in space. You get a kid in space and mm-hmm. speed and that's puts a lot of stress on a defense. It doesn't have to be fancy. So we're uh give that a shot.
0: And then I guess to go off to fancy, maybe the favorite trick play or secondary play you've ever run in a game.
1: Oh boy. So let's see. It would be crisscross pass. So right. it was counter crisscross, pitch it back to the quarterback <laughs> down the field. So you can ask uh Anthony about that. Um, I'll have to. I don't, I'm trying to think if he was on my sideline and saw that pass play or if he was actually on the field when we played him. <laughs> and we against him. I can't remember which it was, but uh, that was a touchdown against Gloversville and it was, uh, we threw like three touchdown passes off crisscross pass before. Um, I don't run a lot of trick plays. That was one I did. Um, maybe I should put that one back in this year. Thank you for uh, asking me that question.
3: Uh, next one here. So, being an Upstate guy yourself, would you consider yourself a member of the Bills Mafia? If you are familiar with
1: that and- No, I'm a Steelers Steelers homer. (laughs) Yeah. um, But I love college football a lot more than the pros. So I'm a real college football guy. So no, I'm not a big NFL guy, but if you're asking me who my favorite NFL team is or whatever, I was a Steelers, guy back in the 70s because they were the best team and i didn't know any better so i had to be a steelers fan so that's why i'm a steelers fan
0: <laughs> uh and then big rivalry will go cortica or Gloversville, versus- johnstown. <laughs> Gloversville johnstown that, was the that was question that was easy <laughs> what was the question i know i cortica what was it I was gonna say Burn Hills versus Queensbury. I didn't even think no, the Johnstown, not even close. Really?
1: Yeah, you don't like purple and gold if you wear maroon and white. <laughs> that was quick. That was a lot of hate not in that. Close. It's not even close. Wow. Not even <laughs> wow. Kill the Bills. That's what they're there with the Johnstown silver Bills, and it was always kill the Bills. Jeez. Look it up. It doesn't even it was one of the oldest rivals and rivalries in New York State. It was crazy. Um, my senior year, we had 9,000 people at the game. Wow, wow. No joke, we played in the snow at Husky Stadium.
3: Yeah, that's the way a game should be played right there. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, people that's a whole different show. animal. That's yeah. like, um, radio shows prior to the game, that's the the, 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 the powder puff football game, the, the Sunday before, then it was, radio shows and dinners and banquets leading up to the game and when you win, you took parade down Main Street. Um, they don't do that stuff anymore. Um, so then second it'd be Coil and Ithaca because that's a whole different kind of a fiasco right there. So yeah, pretty cool. Two pretty cool rivals, one being in high school, one being in college. the Cordica Cor game is uh, is a pretty neat thing
2: absolutely uh last one we got for you um is that you got a is there a, a pregame routine that you always sort of live by right now or is, do you have any like superstitions where you're like I got to do this before before kickoff anything like that uh
1: no I wear the same probably the same clothes <laughs> um there's a Pre-game, there's a song they always have. We always have. We on Thursdays we always play music on the field, and the kids know. It's not really a superstition, but they know that there's two songs they have to play for me. And uh, one is Hotel California, <laughs> and the second one is Devil Went Down to Georgia. So those two have to be on the playlist. That's that's a that's a that's mandatory.
3: What runs through your head as soon as you hear either one of those? Like, are you ready to just absolute anarchy or just?
1: <laughs> no, I'm pretty uh, well. I, no, I just, uh, Hotel California is a classic song. It's a classic. it's a classic. And I like to, my, uh, I like to give some of the kids that culture. They need that. They're like, the Eagles, what the heck's is that coach? It's like, it's a bird, right? It's like, no, it's the best one of the best bands of all time you know just stuff like that you gotta keep it light a little bit but they know that the hotel has to be on there and they know the uncut version of devil went down to georgia you gotta have this swear word at the end that just kind of makes the song that much better you know you can't say son of a gun but that doesn't mean much you gotta throw it right out there
2: you, you know you, you gotta you gotta culture up the the squad a little bit you know you gotta yeah, give, yeah. Give them some a, throwbacks
1: and... I, I am kind of anal you know was i have to have, look I can't be all disheveled, you know that. But I don't have like a a uh, superstition. You know, I'm not gonna crack a monster on my desk. Um,
3: you got it right here. <laughs> <laughs>
1: there you go. <laughs> so yeah, no, not anything too too crazy. But yeah, I'm I'm setting my ways certain things. I'm, but that's just because I'm kind of anal in certain ways. But
2: you, you got to have some balance to it. You got you, you every every locker room. You always have the guys who are you know, yeah. headphones on and really uptight. And then you got to have the guys who keep it loose and
1: you got to yes,
2: balance it out. You got to be,
1: again, you got to be calm. It's not a, it's, it's not the kind of game you can be a yellow screamer at and uh, expect to make good decisions, that's for sure. So um, that's for someone another, that's, that's for a different coach, right? There's always got to be that coach that's that, that guy that can, can be that yellow screamer and, if you have to, if you have to sit there and make decisions on a down to down basis, you better not be uh, too out of control or you won't, you probably won't make the best decisions anyway, so.
2: Does, has your approach changed a little bit, you know, coming from, you know, I'm sure you started out, you know, as a position coach here, you have kind of certain responsibilities. Then as you get to become a head coach, I'm sure your perspective changes, you know, you have more responsibility, more on your plate. Um, you kind of have to manage a lot more. Have you seen a shift in like your approach, you know, coaching wise as to, you know, oh, I, I have maybe this this position group to worry about and now I have, you know, between anywhere from 50 to 60 guys that now I'm, is my responsibility.
1: Yeah, yeah no, exactly. It's, you have, you don't have one worry, you have a hundred worries and that's kind of probably the best way to describe it. You know, you're not worried about one position, you're worried about all the positions, and you're worried about all the kids. Um, You're worried about when they go home. (laughs) Just so all those worries, all those, you know, you just, and I don't know that as an assistant, I think I have, you know, I think there's assistants that that are the same way, that, you know, once they get invested, it's, we all have the worries, but, um, you know, but when you're, when it's your name on the door, so to speak, it's, you know, you're worried about the administration you're worried about how you know the the teachers you're worried about uh, making sure the kids are doing the right thing on and off the field to go into class getting their work done so it's a constant uh i say it's not like it's not all you know but it's on your mind i don't know that you necessarily worry all the time about it but it's always on your mind just making sure that uh everyone's doing the right thing because it's a lot of moving parts and uh you know it's uh it makes it fun though
0: Coach, that was incredible. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, your answers really just show us exactly how you really do care about your players and how you've been able to create a winning culture and winning community and really teach your players so many important lessons that they'll keep with them the rest of their lives. It was a privilege to have you on. This was incredible. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh,
1: I, this is awesome. When uh, I got the when i got the message or the phone call to to do it i was like heck i'd be more than willing to and then uh now you guys do an outstanding job i listened to uh uh actually two of them i listened to coach sarasulos and then uh i can't remember the coach the line coach from uh washington and lee oh
0: yeah oh bobby jones bobby Bobby jones okay
1: they were awesome they were awesome so uh this is uh this is First class, so I, this is great. Thank you. We appreciate that.
3: I mean, I don't think there could have been a better guy to get us kind of back on track and remind us kind of what we want to do. We want to talk to the best of the best. We want to hear from them, and I mean, we're just trying to learn too. Everybody is. That's how. What we try to do is give give a space where people can learn and understand and
1: just yeah, kind so, of talk
3: some ball. Yeah.
1: You know? No, it's the, the more you talk about it, the I think that's just the best way to do it. Some, you know, all of a sudden you're talking, the next thing you know, you're you're thinking about something, it sparks yeah. a. Sparks an idea or not, maybe not necessarily a scheme, but maybe how you handle a situation differently, or uh, just reinforces what you believe in when you talk about it a lot of times too. So it's, uh, I appreciate it. Thank you.
3: Yeah, we, we hope you have the best of days and head into the weekend and have a good one. Right. Thank you. Take care. It's talking it's, it's to good talking you. Thank you so
0: much, Coach. All right. Thanks, up. Coach.